This is Wayne Lozenax from Hatebreed, and you're listening to Godless Heathens. This is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with Godless Heathens and Fantastic Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, a very special interview episode for you with Wayne from Hatebreed. Uh, their new album, Way to the False Self, is out through Nuclear Blast Records. came out back in November, and this interview I did also free that. But Godless dropped today, so you get to enjoy it now. Thanks for checking out the episode. Here is Wayne from This is Dr. Vincent West. Don't really have the words for this. Very excited today. Uh, you guys, of course, have my new podcast, Godless Heathens, and uh, uh, this is so exciting. And uh, I've got Wayne with us today from Hate Breed. This is so awesome. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How's it going? Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. This is very exciting uh, to have you on today. And uh, we're going to be talking about your new album. Uh, that's coming out uh, November 27th, Nuclear Blast Records, The Weight of the False Self. Yep. Awesome, awesome. And uh, first of all, just, just for for our fans out there and everything, uh, could you talk about just real quick uh, how you ended up in Hate Breed originally? Uh, originally, we're going way back to uh, 1994. Awesome. So, so this is... Uh I was friends with the drummer, and it actually, it, it kind of, the band started out of two different bands in the local Connecticut hardcore scene, which was basically, uh, Jamie was in a band called Joss the 14, who I used to go see play shows all the time, and uh, Dave, the drummer, and Chris, the bass player, were in a band called Frostbite, and that got band kind of, uh, kind of disbanded, so they kind of made it out of those two bands, and... Jamie was kind of hyping the name up for a long time before there was even a band together. Like, you would hear about it and be waiting for it to come. And then finally, I got a show, an Earth Crisis show in Bristol, Connecticut, and they kind of, they got up there, they were a four-piece for the first show, and they played, like, maybe, like, three songs. Uh-huh. Kind of like, I would say, like, a sneak preview of the band, and it was, the place went nuts. Like, no one even heard a song. It was, like, the first show. So after the set, I went up to the drummer, I was like, hey, I see you only have one guitar player there. And he's like, yeah, we're looking for another one, so you should come down. So I went down, and then I basically joined the band right after that show, and then was in the band for the first, like, year of its existence. And we recorded an EP under an IVP, and then uh, and they had different lineup changes from there. And, and I actually came back, obviously. <laughs> yeah, talk about talk about that real quick, if you don't mind, how you yeah, came back. Uh, well, yeah, the... The beginning, we always have to like, well, why'd you leave all that? You know, at the beginning, it was just just a local hardcore band. We played shows for fun. I was actually in college at the time. I had a job working at J.C. Penny at the mall. It wasn't wasn't a great job, but it was still a job nonetheless. So, and, you know, Jamie wanted to kind of tour and just play shows everywhere. And I, you know, for me, it was just for fun, so I couldn't really do that. Sure. And then, uh, so then. They played, actually, I actually came back for a little while in mid-96 to early-97 again, because, like I said, members were, like, leaving and coming, whatever. Sure. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help you guys out, whatever. <laughs> Still, at that point, never thinking the band was going to be a career or, or be as huge as it was. Sure. 
So then in the uh, in the following years, you know, I see all of a sudden they're getting these big tours with like Danzig and Slayer and they did a Tattoo the Earth like in the parking lot of like the giant stadium. Um, <laughs> with That's awesome. Headlining and all this <laughs> stuff and doing those whole tours like that. I'm like, oh man, this, this is crazy. And then I, you know, see magazines like open in the be in the store and open up the pages and see Hatebreed in there. And then and then Jamie of all the people in the whole world becomes the host of Headbangers Ball. Loved um, it when he was on there. <laughs> yeah, but but you think about it, it's like you know the band came from nothing, so it was like it was amazing actually how it all happened. So and I'm just watching. I'm still you know still friends with those guys. I still go see him play. You know, every time they came around. And then, uh, so then, get to 2006 now, and I'm talking to Chris, the bass player, on the phone one day. Well, I'm at work. I uh, drove, drove one of those coffee trucks at the time. Yeah. The coffee lunch trucks. They go to the job sites with the big silver doors. And sure. All that stuff. And he was in Australia. He's like, man, I need a new tech. And I, you know, I'm talking about, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'll do it. I'll, you know, I'll tour the world and change your strings and plug in your amps or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because, like, you know, when I was in the band, it was completely different. It was just this local band. It wasn't like I was, you know, stepping down or, you know, something like that. Right. So then he got back to me, and then I ended up being the tech <coughs> two, 2006 to you know, 2009, it was actually a lot of fun, you know, obviously touring the world, getting to hang out and see bands sure. every night, you get paid for it, and then Sean, he, uh, they were telling, they were like, he's gonna, you know, he's leaving the band, and they asked me if I wanted to play, and I'm like, well, yeah, why not, I'm, I'm already here, I'm basically, no most of the songs already, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty, like, seamless transition, I guess you could say, literally, they asked me to be in the band, I was in the studio the next week recording uh, cover songs for, for the Lions album. Right. And I've been, been doing good ever since then. Man, it's such a... Uh, I, I love the newer Hatebreed stuff, man. I think it's awesome. I love all of it, but I mean, it's it's really good. That's like the band just gets better to me. Um, so I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so excited to talk with you about <clears throat> uh, Weight of the False Self, and we'll kick off track one here Uh uh, instinctive, and then in parentheses, slaughter lust. Yes, which is, I don't know if any, I'm sure some people don't know, but that's a word that Jamie made up, actually. Really? Slaughter lust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess there's some bands, like, uh, I guess Blair has, like, Repent List, and there are some other bands that have, like, just made up names, and I guess he was talking about it one day. Like, I'm going to make up a name like that, just, you know, it sounds cool or whatever, so... I haven't asked him the exact definition, but I guess it would be up to him since he made the word up. Or maybe just use your imagination, I guess. <laughs> I will definitely do that, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the music on that one, on that track. This one, it's pretty, it, it, it definitely hits hard. It, you know, as soon as it comes right out of the gate, it's just, with the punches, I think right out of the gate, it's, sure. pretty, it's pretty good and in your face. And like, you know, it's a turn basic, you know, some of our songs, I think some of the songs on here are a little more, uh, slightly more technical than maybe some of our other albums. We try and keep the same formula, though, sure. you know, as, as we've always had, because it, it works for us, and that's just our sound. We don't want to stray too far sure. from that path, and, but, so, you know, you got to grow a little bit. I think this one's just, it's just heavy, straight, 
It's yeah, it's a hell of a way to kick the album off too. Uh, and then let's see, uh, track two, "Let Them All Rot." Yeah, it's the same. I think the first three are just uh, they're all just heavy, straightforward, same basic formula. And then uh, I think once you get the weight of the fall felt with the title track and uh, one of the singles, that one's like Jamie. You know, Jamie's lyrics. He's always good for those the positive messages and uh, kind of like the the anthem kind of stuff I think it's kind of similar to like Honor Never Dies sure where it's it's, uh, it's a good probably a good live one I would say and get the crowd singing along and you really get the get the lyrics hit, to, hit you in the head from hearing them uh, enough sure sure and then uh uh, track three, uh, set it right, and then, of course, in parentheses, start with yourself. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the music on that one, maybe the tuning or, like, the rig you were using for this record? Actually, yeah, the, this one, the tuning is all in C standard. A lot of people think that we do drop C, which uh-huh. some, a lot of the songs will work in that, but we play everything in C standard on this album. On the previous albums where I joined, Actually, the albums before I joined, again, were all in C-Standard. And then when I came on the self-titled album, we actually experimented a little bit with B-Standard tuning. So some of the songs are in C, some of them are in B. But this one, we just went back to just keeping it all, all the same tuning, pretty simple, still still heavy. Even though fans nowadays are tuning, like, they got, like, seven and eight-string guitars tuning down to, like, G. And so now C tuning doesn't even sound as, as low as it used to sound when we first started, <laughs> which I thought, you know, back then, right. the hardcore bands were in, were in E, so we're tuning on the C, I was like, whoa, this is, this is low, but now it's like normal. It's, <clears throat> the, the, the tone you get on the records, it's really, it's really good, like, um, is that is that a is that normal though? Like as far as like are the same guitars you use and like different stuff on this record that you have previously, um, or are you sticking with the same yeah, stuff? This, or? this one we did uh, the same guitars. I used the uh, Les Paul Custom with EMG pickups. Nice. And but we did do a little experimenting with the amps this time, which I think made it sound a little heavier and fuller than the previous albums. Because we actually, I always use the a Marshall TSL one hundred uh-huh. amps. And uh, this time we blended in an EVH, the EL34 model, just to get slightly like beefier sound, I would say. And instead of doing two tracks of guitars, we did four tracks of guitars. Oh, okay. So, so, so that's why it makes it even, it's basically like two tracks per side. Right. Which that was, that was actually another gaming suggestion. He's like, why don't we try this, you know, like, Try something different on this album, you know, instead of doing the, the same thing. Sure. You know, not, that, not that it's on the dad before, but we're just, you know, trying to step it up a little bit. And sure. It, you know, I'm working with Zeus, who has produced, you know, the last bunch of albums for us. And sure. He, he, we've known him for uh, over 20 years, and it's, he's one of our friends, too, so it's like, it's real easy working with him, and he knows how to get the best out of us, and... He'll tell us like if something doesn't sound right now, you gotta change that or do this or or if we're not playing it up to, to par, if they not do it again, and he'll wait till we get it just right. Like yep, there it is. I um, mean, his production with you guys, it's it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's so we sat 
sat in the studio and like tried out different amps and like tried this and that's when we decided well we could blend two of them together and see how it sounds and then we finally came up with the tone and like yep that's it and then excellent yeah he definitely helped out tons with that Man, that Pinnacle of Bedlam album he produced for Suffocation, I think, is criminally overlooked. The, his production on that's fucking nasty. <laughs> uh, I haven't even heard that one. I'll do, uh, go back. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the one before the last one. That Man, it's real beefy. And I, to my not, I think that's the only time they've ever worked with him. He may have done the last record. I can't remember. I feel bad. Terrence will kick me in the balls for that. But I... the. <laughs> But no, but it's it, yeah, man. It's real beefy, and I love that. I love that with your last few records. Like it really brings out everything: Jamie's vocals, your old guitar, the drum, everything, oh, yeah. bass. It's 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 thick. It's meaty sounding, you know. So yeah, especially uh, the technology these days. You know, it's like because when we started going for the album, we like all the songs are basically written in the studio during pre-production. Oh wow! So yeah, we just we just looks like basically just a bunch of riffs that you know. Yeah, then J- actually Jamie and Chris are the main songwriters uh-huh. in the band, so they bring them together, you know, bring most of their riffs and we'll go in and then put all our ideas together and then, and, and since we could just record them right there, we could try different drum beats and faster, different tempos, slower, so then we can listen to them back and see what we like and what we don't like and then, you know, you know have to have it be exactly what we want. Sure, so sure. the old days where we'd go, as a live band, kind of, and just kind of play and practice and work them out how you think. Now, the technology is so easy. You just, like, email them to each other, like, different stuff if we're, you know. Right. Trying out our parts and stuff. Fantastic, so that's, that's yeah. Cool. And then, let's jump back into the record. Uh, track five, Cling to Life. Music on that one. Yeah, this one's, this one's one of my favorites. It's definitely a lot different. It's, it's a little bit slower. And then, because the other ones are hit so It's nice to have that in there, though. Yeah, break it up a little bit, you know. It's not like, not like we're uh, some technical band like Dream Theater or anything, but, you know, just <laughs> right. a, little, a little seasoning in the song. No, nah, it's cool, man. Uh, and then uh, track six, A Stroke of Red. Yeah, this one, this is definitely, I think, one of, the, one of the best songs on the album. It has, like, so many different, like, elements to it. Like, there's the... It kind of starts out with a rock beat, and there's the uh, kind of like a standalone bass uh-huh. with the with the beat playing, and then it's kind of it just kind of moves and kind of grooves along, and it you know slows down, and then towards the end when you think it's almost over, it hits you with uh, this comes out of nowhere with the another like fast part, and it's just it's I think the elements to this song are probably 
the other stuff too, which I think this one will surprise a lot of people. Right. After hearing the the other two singles. Oh yeah, definitely. That's I. It's, I think it's a standout track. I really like it. Yeah, I, I definitely think. I, I say we should make a video on this one. This one should be a single. So you know, we'll see. Everyone, everyone has their own opinions and taste on everything. No, it's next year. That's a good one, man. That would be a great single, I think. I, uh, I think it's great. Oh, it is. Uh, and then track seven, dig your way out. Yep, that that's another. That one's pretty pretty straightforward, fast. I'd say go, going back to the the hardcore elements of what we do. But then again, I got to do another solo in there, which was I think that one's pretty cool too. Oh yeah, it's a little fast fast little thing there. Absolutely, that's a good one. Uh, I love that. Like I said, I like the the variety on this record. I think it's awesome. Uh, I mean, it still sounds like hate breed, but there's you know there's some different right. touches on it. I, I like it. I like the subtlety but of it. It's cool. We don't want to stray too far because then because then you kind of lose your audience. And oh sure. Plus it's what, it's just what we do. I mean, I think that's that's what we're good at doing. Some people like it. Some people hate it. But you know, we we obviously have fans still coming back every. Uh, Every tour we do, every show, so we're doing, we must be doing something right for them. So these, you know, these songs are for them, not for people that want to complain all the time. Which I don't still don't understand why people would want to just go on a band's like site and just complain all the time. It's like just go look at someone else's or look at someone else's that you like. Dude, it's it's just like people when I do online gaming. Like I was in Grand Theft Auto Online yesterday, and this guy killed me seven times for no fucking reason. It's just people are just fucking trolls, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to be passionate about something; it's another thing to just be a dick, you know. <laughs> But but no, you know, the biggest compliment I could give you guys, and I hope you'll tell Jamie this, and I, I mean this, Wayne, I think you guys are the, and this is a huge thing for me because I'm older and like I grew up with this band, and you guys are like the fucking ACDC of fucking, of fucking metal to me. Like I, and that's the biggest compliment I could give you. Oh yeah, it's a huge compliment. I mean, can't ask for anything better than that. That's a, that's a tried and true band. Oh. It's like, and you every time I see you guys, it's like rot in the pocket, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's another thing with us. We're all when you see us live, it's all live. We don't have any tracks playing. Like there's no sure. keyboards, and not there's anything wrong with you have some extra stuff every now and then. But it's like we're kind of like cavemen. We just we don't even know. I love we it. Even <laughs> know how to use tracks. <laughs> we're like, what, what we, we just everything's everything's live and loud. Maybe too loud sometimes, but... That's no, perfect. We're, we're, we're still sticking to the same old, old style of way we've always been doing it. Man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I say. Exactly. That's what I say. Uh, let's see here. So, track eight, This I Earned. I think it's been a while since I heard all these songs. That one definitely just screams Jamie on that one, lyrically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's how you said it. It's all this. That's another thing. People think like they hear, but they don't really know much about us. They're like, "Oh, hate free This must be some negative hate band or something." Like, well, obviously you've never listened to the lyrics. Never. They're, if they're, they're thinking that. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, positive. It's the most positive lyrics probably of most bands that I that I listen to anyway. You know about you know bettering yourself and and making a change and stuff like that. There's no. There's never been anything hateful. Yeah, no. These, uh, those, so yeah, these songs are they're they're just straightforward, heavy ones. Let's see, we got the fire, we the vulture, and then the herd will scatter. Which is that one? I think is that one has was mostly my input on that one. One of my 
one of the songs with the the Firelight Sound So Metal. (laughs) That's a great track, man. That was that was a that's a standout track too. I think. Yeah, like I put like the intro in there for something a little different. So I was like, I came up with the intro on the main verse with. So you have the the intro where I was like, all right, this is this is Matt's time to shine here. So we're just gonna do a couple bars of the intro with Matt just going crazy on the fills until it until the next verse comes in. It just hits like. And it's it's real fast and metal, and even the singing is like fast and and straight straight ahead. And then uh, yeah, that's another one that I think has a lot of different elements. It's not just like the basic two riff songs that we might have. Sure. And then on to back up one on Wings of the Vulture. Uh, I, I really like the music on that one. Definitely, definitely. And then track 11 from Gold to Gray. Talk a little bit about that one. That one is uh, trying, to th- I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. it's been, like I said, we actually finished this song wow, a year ago. I mean, the album a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, so it was actually finished in January, and we were supposed to go back uh, on tour, do this whole world tour. From March on, and everything just got canceled and pushed back. But I'm just happy this album's even coming out now because it's been just sitting on the shelf waiting for everyone to hear it. Right. Yeah, the COVID yeah, thing fucked all that up. Different, different uh, slow beats in it too. It's like has like slower stuff and some like little notey, like we like to call them the Slayer Slayer notes. Oh, sure. In there, like got it. Just a little metal. Yeah, that's another, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. And of course, the final track, Invoking Dominance. Yeah, that, that one too, I think, is going to be another surprise. That one's like filled with, starts out with probably the longest intro I think we have without any vocals coming in for a while. But I was thinking if we play that live, Jim is going to have to like maybe, maybe he can uh, do some push ups behind the amps. He likes to do that sometimes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have. Like, long parts. I'll go behind the end, so, like, do some pushes. Like, where is he going? And then that one's definitely another, like, real metal one that I think people will be surprised. I think that's another standout track, which I think that would be really good doing live. But, you know, you got you got to actually hear the thoughts to really get the full feel. It's hard to describe them just by talking about them like this, but. Let me ask you about the cover art because I absolutely love it. Striking 
scene, I would say, and they're really uh, artsy too. I mean, at the risk of sounding, you know, ridiculous, but I mean, I think it's the coolest cover y'all have ever done. I love it. I don't know what yeah, it is right. about yeah. it. It's very striking. It's very, and it kind of has an old school element to it, like you know when cover art, you know, because everything's digital and everything. But I mean, to me, that the artwork on this Rex, for yeah, real, like it's, it's almost like an like an old like Renaissance painting. Yeah, <laughs> kind of feel to it. Yeah, um, man, it's 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 the full thing. Um, also like a hardcore metal type band, I, I suppose you could if you want to call it. Everyone's always arguing what genre that we are. You know, I just think you guys are the ACDC of metal. I don't know. I don't really, you know. Sounds good to me. I'll take it. I mean, I I love you guys. I, I like I said, and the, the records just keep getting better. You know, Concrete Professional, everything it just keeps getting better to me. It's just, it's. Uh, um, like, cool, they just, thank you. Yeah, it just. Yeah, I like this one a lot. It just. Oh man, and it's yeah. This this record's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and then talk a little bit about, you know pending COVID bullshit, what you guys have got planned maybe for next year or anything Anything you want to talk about about uh, that? So right now we actually have, I don't know if you saw, we have our own beer that came out. It's, uh, talk about that. No, that sounds odd. Yes, please. I'd love to talk about that. We have, there's a local brewery in Southington, Connecticut called Witch Doctor Brewer. Okay. And um, so they, our bass player, Chris, lives kind of in the area. He got to talking to them and asked them if they wanted to collaborate with us and do a beer and they kind of went over what, what we kind of wanted out of it. It's not, it's not like in a strong IPA or anything. It's just a basic lager, pilsner type beer. Gotcha. And then we came up and so it actually came out really good, tastes good, came out. We have the can art that just came out and was just released like I think a couple of weeks ago. Excellent. And we, we've had social distance events where people could come and do kind of like a beer tasting slash meet and greet and we have like music playing and all that stuff so that was cool it was something kind of normal in all this pandemic stuff that we've done since we haven't played a show since last October oh wow yeah because we, our last tour ended in October and then we went right in the studio in November so, and then that was it and then everything shut down in March right before we were supposed to leave on our tour so it's been good to see some of the fans they, they're they happy they're that they actually got to get, get out and do something sure so, and we have some type of product to offer during this so that's cool it's not it's only available in Connecticut right now but we're working on getting some way we can ship it out all over so oh that would be awesome yeah well that's cool that you guys did that too I think that's great that you guys were getting out there and you know uh, yeah getting to do something too it's been the pandemic's been so hard on all these bands it's been so oh, awful man, everyone man. i talk to it's just and I it's think that the music industry is like probably getting worse than anything else that is even out there it's yeah it's brutal like going on it might be like half capacity or something or you know like sports they're still doing it there's nobody in the stands but they're still doing it like you can't do live music at all it's right completely got stopped and it's just, it's, it's horrible. Especially me, I mean, I, even if I'm not playing on tour, I, when I'm home, I go see bands play sure. at venues. Even like local bands at the local bar, I'll go hang out and watch. It's just, that's just what I do. You know, it's what I enjoy. And it's just all been stopped. Yeah, so, it's... I mean, we have a thing, we're scheduled for March to go back on tour with Parkway Drive, but 
I don't know. The way, the way things are looking, unless everything magically opens up, who knows if that will even happen. So right now, we have, we have no idea. We're just kind of playing it by ear on what's going to happen next year. Well, man, I I, I wish you all the best with it. It's it, It's been so hard on everybody. You know, it's... Uh different bands tell you different yeah. stuff you know uh, Shane from Napalm Death was telling me recently they just keep making records they just keep recording and recording and other bands are you know doing these live streams and stuff and other bands are so it's all you know anything that uh, yeah we're gonna have to like if it's something we're gonna have to think of something different for uh, next year but I don't know for us I don't know, like I would definitely do a live stream but it's not the same Our, you know we need the crowd and the people want to mosh and go crazy sure. and it's all about the energy it's not really a See, that's kind of that's how I feel about it. Like I, I'm not to you know I'm not knocking anybody for doing it, but it just it doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I watch. I, I love watching stuff too. But you know, I think for, it's like we have this big production and pyro and where you can see like visually kind of thing. It's more of the energy of being there. Sure. But, you know, who knows? I'd, I'd definitely be into doing it. Yeah, I mean, whatever you get out there. Hopefully, you guys can get back out there. Hopefully, this shit will go away. Right. They can get some kind of control over this. It's just, it's just gotten crazy. I'm in Florida, dude. It's awful down here. So, uh, it's. Oh, boy, I heard Florida's just opened up like completely. Like, well, we did, but I mean, you figure. Oh, we. I mean, the the politically, they're still they are, but it's not really safe. I mean, it's safe where I'm at, but some certain places it's not, and it oh, wasn't yeah. a couple months ago. You know, because you have people coming right. in, tourists and. They either get it or they bring it, and it's it's bad, man. It's you know, yeah, definitely. But it's yeah, hopefully it gets better and they get control on it. But it's it. I hate that for the bands more than anything, man. It's and it's and it sucks because you know you want to get out there and play for your audience and stuff too, and you can't do your creative outlet because of it. it. Just sucks the whole thing. It's just right. it's been rough. But but yeah, man. This new record, Way to the False South, November twenty seventh, Nuclear Blast Records, dude. The record is fantastic. I love the cover art. I love everything about it. And I cannot thank you enough for doing this today. It's fucking awesome. Well, thanks, man. We're going to prank Corey now that I've done this interview. If he doesn't answer, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave this on this episode for Godless Heathens because I like to prank Corey sometimes while he sleeps because he works graveyard. He has no idea I'm doing this. He probably won't answer. He usually doesn't answer, folks, but we're going to try to prank him anyway. I'll leave a silly message if he doesn't answer. He didn't pick up. You guys ready? Better not do that. Hi, this is uh, Dr. Vincent West with the Phantasm Podcast, and you are live today on Corey Gorkreis' voicemail. About gave your phone number out there to our listeners, almost, by accident. Anyway... Uh, this is Dr. Vincent West, and I was just caught. Well, that's bullshit, isn't it? This is a wrap for Dr. Vincent West, Godless Heathens. <laughs>